2 Samuel chapter 15, 2 Samuel chapter 15, title of my message is Closer Than a Brother. And I know um, that verse, I'm sure, comes to your mind, and that's where we, we get the uh, title from. But the effects of David's sin are really in full bloom now. David has seen his family and innocent lives devastated and precious people uh, destroyed. Why? All because of a bad choice or choices that he made. He's at the lowest point of his life, and, and his own son has now risen up against him and in rebellion and has driven him from the palace and from the city of Jerusalem. So let's begin reading there, chapter 15 of 2 Samuel, and verse, uh, 20, oh no, verse 13 through 23. And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all his servants that were uh, with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly, and bring evil upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. And you know, I, I know uh, King David could have stood his ground. Uh, I, I think he, he, you know, uh, he had very the, the ability to win that battle, but he didn't want to fight his son, and so he and he knows. Think about it. All this has happened because of his sin, his mistake, uh, his choice. And so, verse fifteen of the king's servants said unto the king, "Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my lord the king shall appoint." And the king went forth and all his household after him. And the king left ten women, which were concubines, to keep the house. And the king went forth, and all the people after him, and tarried in a place that was far off. And all his servants passed on beside him, and all the uh, Cherethites, and all the Pelophites, and all the Gittites, six hundred men, which came after him from Gath, passed on before the king. Then said the king to Atai, and the uh, Gittite, wherefore goest thou also with us? Return to the place and abide with the king, for thou art a stranger and also an exile, where as thou camest but yesterday, should I this day make thee go up and down with us? Seeing I go whither I may, return thou and keep back or take back thy brethren, and mercy and truth be with thee. And Atai answered the king and said, as the Lord liveth, and as my Lord the king liveth, surely in what place my Lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will, I, will thy servant be. And David said to Atai, go and pass over. And Atai the uh, Gittite passed over, and all his men, and all the little ones that were with him. And all the country wept with a loud voice. And all the people passed over, and the king also himself passed over the brook of Kidron, and all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. Our Heavenly Father, as we look into this passage tonight, teach us and help us to be humble enough to accept your uh, guidance in this, this message here in Second Samuel. And may we learn some truths from David that can help us in our own Christian lives. For we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. David's at his lowest point. It's unbelievable that his own son has risen up against him, although this is what uh, Nathan said would happen. And, but this passage finds David on the run. 
He's running for his life from his own son. He doesn't need a seminar on how to govern a kingdom. Not, not now. He doesn't need someone telling him what a failure he's been as a father. And he, uh, he knows quite well that he's, he has failed in that way. What David needs now more than anything else is a friend. And that's what God provides him. Uh, in fact, chapters 15 through chapters 19 here, it talks about some friends that walked into David's life and, and at just the right time the, uh, when he was, they were needed. I mean, that was the time that David needed someone with him. Uh, you see, the Bible says, uh, where I get that title from, Proverbs 18, 24, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, referring to Jesus Christ. But in our text here, we'll see this verse really does come to life. And the friends who came to David's aid in his time of need show us what real friends are, what real friends ought to do. And, and, uh, and we can see a picture of the ultimate friend, the Lord Jesus Christ, in these friends that came to aid David in his time of need. Now, I want to point out some uh, the kinds of friends that David had in his life. By the way, we often think uh, when we talk about friends, well, that's a message that you give to teenagers, young people. Uh, they need to be careful of the kind of friends they have. But no, it's a message for all of us. Uh, if we hang around a certain group of people, it does have a tendency to rub off on us. And what are they, what's the old saying? If you lie with dogs, you're going to get ticks or something like that. And, and um, if, you, if you run with that crowd, uh, you're just maybe become a little lax and a little softer, compromising some areas uh, to try to fit in with that group. Really, the age, I know teenagers are more susceptible to that pressure, but so are a lot of adults. So we need to be careful. And these are the kind of friends we ought to have. We ought to pray for. David had heartfelt friends. Um, chapter 15, verses 18 through 22, we read these verses. We, we meet a man named Atai the Gittite. Now, who is this guy? A weird name, I-T-T-A-I. But it seems he is the commander of a group of 600 men. And these men, they came to Israel from Gath. Why did they come to Israel? They came to follow David. There it says in verse 18. Uh, Gath is in the land of the Philistines. Now, I know we've studied this before, but you remember that is the very home of Goliath. You may re recall also back in chapters 27 through 30 that David, again, and in a time in his life when he made a bad decision, went down to Gath. The enemy, the, the man he killed, Goliath, was their champion, and yet he went there uh, to try to hide from King Saul. And so that was a weak point in David's life. I do think that was a mistake. But apparently, even there, David made an impression on some men. And um, definitely on Atei and his men. And uh, now when David is on the run again, these men come and express their desire to be with him. And to uh, Atei is a person who has been up to this point, kind of in the background. and He has no desire to be in the forefront, but he lets David know, I'm with you. I've got your back. And this is the first time, uh, really, in the Bible that his name is mentioned that I uh, uh, can find anyway. And But when the chips were down in David's life, when time was really 
uh, it seemed like everything was falling apart, Akai steps up and he demonstrates the depths of his love for this exiled king. It had nothing to do with him being in power. Obviously, he no longer was in his position as a king. And in fact, he pledges his absolute allegiance to David, even if it means his own death. Boy, that is a true friend. Uh, look there with me again at verse 21. And, and Tai answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth, and as my lord the king liveth, surely in what place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. And he was ready to die for King David. So, but what, just what is a true friend? Once a British newspaper ran a contest asking what the definition of a friend. They would give a prize to whoever won. But the winning entry was this thought. A friend is the first person who comes in when the whole world goes out. Boy, that's a great description of a Tei here. Uh, he came in when everybody else was leaving. And he was going to stand with David. And as, as we go through life, there are few people like this man here that uh, fit that, that description, that category for us. But we ought to stop and thank God for the true friends that we have that are there uh, when we need them. Thank God for the people who loves us. Thank God for the people who were uh, on, um, well, they were there when we hit bottom. And uh, uh, they were on top of things, you could say. If you have a friend like a Tei here, then you are blessed. In fact, you could say you are a wealthy person. Many people will be your friend when things are going well. But the minute things turn south, they go the other direction. They get out of there. And Jackie Robinson, you will, most of you know that name. He was the first black man to play Major League Baseball. And uh, breaking baseball's color barrier, he faced jeering crowds in every stadium. And while playing one day at his home stadium there in Brooklyn, he uh, committed an error, which every player has at one time or another. But this was different. The fans began to ridicule him. And, and uh, he st stood there at second base, humiliated, while the fans were just, just going way overboard in jeering him. Then shortstop, he come over and stood next to him. And he put his arm around Jackie Robinson, and it, they faced the crowd, and the fans grew quiet. Robinson later said, that arm around his shoulder saved his career. A friend when he needed it. Uh, you, you know, I can think in my own life, there's times, and a friend, not necessarily, they don't have to be the same age as we are. But I remember well when I was in that explosion, when I was lying on my back in the hospital, when I could not even see, but having friends out of the way just to come see me, friends who would send, I'll never forget that uh, tape, that cassette tape, uh, where they sang songs, the church did, and, and uh, just to bring some encouragement to me. And so what a blessing it is to have friends. Having people who I didn't even know writing cards to me saying, we're praying for you. What a blessing. You know how that is, Brother Morris. Any of you that have been in that situation. We have friends that we really don't even know. Uh, those that are believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, who see that need and say, hey, I, we want to pray. And we are praying for you. What a blessing. What a joy that is. Every believer 
know, you may not know it, you may not uh, think about it, but every believer has a true friend. You see, we, we may not have a lot of friends like a Tai here in our life that are willing to lay their life down for us, but be, be glad that you have a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, one who said he would never walk out on us, he'll never leave us nor forsake us, Hebrews 13, 5. One who tells us he loves us regardless of our current condition. What did he say there in Jeremiah? Uh, now I can't remember. I think it's chapter 31. But I've loved you with an everlasting love. Loved you with an everlasting love. One who loves me unconditionally. What kind of friend is that? That's the kind of friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's the kind of friend who will never uh, forsake us. Um, have you ever had a friend who has had forsaken you and um, left you, maybe even, uh, uh, you know, went behind your back and caused you great harm? That may happen, but not with Jesus. Jesus is a true friend. And so, Tai here, this, uh, this man, this, this Gentile, was uh, a great example of a true friend like Jesus. And then David had humble friends. Look again, uh, look with me, if you would, there. We didn't, I don't think we read, no, we didn't. We stopped at 23, and all the country, this is uh, chapter 15, verse 23, and all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over, and the king also himself passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people passed over toward all the, uh, or toward the way of the wilderness. And lo, uh, Zadok also, and all the Levites were with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God, and they sat down the ark of the God, and Abiathar, uh, went up uh, until all the people had done uh, pass, passing out of the city. And the king said unto Zadok, Carry back the ark of God into the city. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he thus say, I have no de delight in thee, behold, here am I. Let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. The king uh, said also unto Zadok the priest, Art not thou a seer? Return into the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Ahimaaz and the, uh, thy son, and Jonathan thy, the son of Abathar, and uh, see if I will tarry in the plain, uh, see I, he says, tarry in the plain of the wilderness until there come a word from you to certify me. Uh, Zadok, therefore, and Abathar uh, carried the ark of God again to Jerusalem, and they tarried there. And so Zadok and Abathar, they, who were these two guys? Uh, two names that we don't read a lot about, but they were priests. They were men of God, uh, men of God that loved David, men of God that wanted to follow King David. And they, uh, they recognized him to be their king, not Absalom, David's son. And so when he fled... They didn't stay behind. They wanted to follow David. And uh, they brought with them the Ark of the Covenant. And da David took them back to Jerusalem. Now, you would think some of the people are saying, I said, what in the world, David, are you doing? We need the Ark. The Ark is going to be, no, David is, is, I think, is really making a wise choice here. And he's letting the people know, it's not the Ark I need to trust, it's God I need to trust. And he said, it's all in God's hands. And that's where he puts himself. If God wants me 
to live, I'll be back or I'll see this again. But if not, so be it. Let him, it's his choice. And so David sends them back to Jerusalem, uh, placing his trust rather in the power of God. And then David tells them that, that they can best serve him by being his eyes in the city. And then without uh, comment, the two priests turn around, they carry the ark back into the city. Now, by returning to Jerusalem, by agreeing to accept this uh, position to, or to act as spies for David, they uh, indeed took a great risk. And they put their very lives on the line for their friends. What a blessing to have friends like this. This is the mark of a true friend. These two, they demonstrate what it is to be a true friend, the, the uh, great marks of a true friend. A genuine friend will love you and will accept you even when they disagree with you. And even when they don't understand what you're doing, uh, they will still love you. And that's these two men. Maybe they didn't. We brought the ark. We're, we're prepared to serve you. And now you want to go. They didn't question it. They just did it. And they may have, in their hearts and minds, thought, well, I don't really agree. Maybe they didn't understand. But they did what they were told. A real friend will stand by you regardless of the risk involved. They will stick out their necks for you. And they will be there when others turn and walk away. And a genuine friend might even get hurt in the process of taking a stand or standing by your side, but no matter where you look, you will find them standing firm, standing in your corner. What a blessing. What a, a real friend is. And so if you and I, if we have a friend like that, God has greatly blessed our lives. Um, Two men were out hunting, and suddenly uh, a bear came out of nowhere, charging their camp. And so they didn't even have time. Their guns were unloaded. They had no time to even use weapons. And so they're terrified, and one man sits down and begins to put his tennis shoes on. You know where I'm going with this. And his friend says, what in the world are you doing? You can't outrun a bear. He said, I don't have to outrun the bear. All I have to do is outrun you. Well, that's not a true friend. And uh, they're not, all they're interested in is getting themselves out of the, the, uh, the mess that they're in. And so that's, but that's the kind of friend a lot of us have, though, is it not? I mean, boy, when things just fall apart and we look around, there's not too many that are willing to stand with us. And that ought not be. By the way, you know, we as a church, we ought to truly act. We're called a family of God. And we ought to act like a family. We ought to be there for one another. At the very least, we, how many times have we stood by someone's side and felt like, I can't do anything. I wish I could. I don't know what to do. Pray. Just be there. And uh, that's, that's what we need to do. Let them know that we're there for them. A true friend always puts you first. And that, uh, I think, is illustrated greatly in this story of Sam David. He was a Confederate spy. And he, he was executed at Pulaski, Tennessee for his crime. And when he was captured by the Union Army, he had in his possession some papers, and it became very obvious to those that were investigating this situation that he had an inside man that helped him get these papers. And they said, listen, we this is. You tell us who it is, and, and we'll spare your life. We'll let you go. And this is his response to that, uh, that proposition. Uh, he says, if I had a thousand lives, I would give them all before I would betray a friend. Well, that's powerful. I don't know, we may not agree to his stand to where he was in the Confederate Army trying to 
uh, not uh, let out a spy's name. Boy, you have to admire a man who says, I'll, if I had a thousand lives, I would give them all before I would betray a friend. I think it's very hard when you have a friend that betrays you. You have someone that you trusted, someone that you cared for and loved, and, and, and then all of a sudden something happens and they, they betray you. Boy, that's, that's like a knife in your heart. But uh, what a joy it is to have those kind of individuals that will uh, stand by your side through the thick and thin. Uh, you have that kind of friend in Jesus Christ. And I, I'm glad to report that the saints of God have a friend that will always be there for you. He loves us so much that even when, in fact, even when we were enemies, he uh, died for us. He laid down his life on the cross of Calvary. He even called us friends when we were acting like enemies in John 15, 13. Uh, what an amazing friend he is. He's a friend who loves us like we are, even when we are unlovable. I know that's hard to believe that you, know, any of you could be that way, but hey, listen, listen, even in our worst times, even before we were saved, he loved us. That's hard to believe, and we indeed were enemies of Christ, and we don't deserve his love, but he loves us anyway. He is a faithful friend. Can you imagine? Let's reverse the roles. If our faith toward him was the kind of faith that he had for us, you see, his faith is constant, consistent, always there. He never turns his back on us. I wonder how many times we have kind of turned our back at him. We've let him down. But it has no bearing on his love for us. Amazing. Well, let me get to my third point here. David had, a, had also heroic So he had heartfelt friends, humble friends, and he also had heroic friends. Uh, I can think about some other friends I'd like to share with that David had that risked their lives for him. He had many of these. But um, look with me at verse chapter 15. And I don't believe we read these verses. Verse 30. And David went up by the, the ascent of Mount Olivet and wept as he went up and had his, um, his head covered. And he went barefoot, and all the people that were uh, with him covered every man his head, and they went up weeping as they went up. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O oh Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And this was at one time David's counselor. And um, we'll say much more about him in just a moment. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mount where uh, he worshipped God, behold, Hushai, the archite, came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head. Unto whom David said, If thou passest on with me, then thou shalt be a burden unto, unto me. But if thou return to the city and say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king, as I have been thy father's servant hitherto, so will I now also be thy servant. That, then mayest thou um, for me defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. And so we, we'll stop right there for now. But here's... Hushai the archite, he did what David told him to do. He went back to the city, and he counteracted the plans of Ahithophel. Ahithophel knew David, 
knew what he was going to do, knew the way he uh, acted in military and um, in his campaigns. And so uh, this man went back to kind of mess up the plans of Ahithophel. But just who was this man, Hushai? The, the next, this next friend here uh, to come by his side, verse 37, tells us he's David's friend. David's friend. He comes to meet David. David's leaving Jerusalem. It's a very sorrowful time. And he's clearly, this man is also in mourning. Why? Why does he have his head covered? Why is he weeping? Because he loves his king. And he hates to see his king in the state he's in. And he's broken happening to his king, his friend. And so David sends him back into the city, tells him to go to Absalom to feign allegiance, uh, fake what your, your allegiance now is to Absalom and not to his dad. And David wants uh, Hushai to counter the counsel of Ahithophel. Remember who Ahithophel was, the grandfather of Bathsheba. And so I think when this, when Absalom rose up against David, he says, this is my opportunity to get back at this scoundrel for what he did to my granddaughter. And I think all of us can relate with that, understand that. He wanted, to, he wanted some revenge, and, but that wasn't Ahithophel's place. But nonetheless, that's where, we, humanly speaking, we can understand that. And uh, so David wants this man to go back, counter his counsel, and he saw the, um, uh, again, Ahithophel saw this as an opportunity to uh, take care of David. So Hushai, he goes, he does what David asked him, he saves David's life, he, and, and we can read about that in chapter 17, but we won't tonight. But he served as David's eyes and ears in the kingdom, in the throne room. He was heroic. Let's think about it. If he was found out, he would have been killed immediately. If a man is willing to kill his own father, he wouldn't even think twice about killing this man who betrayed him. And so one slip, and this man would have been a dead man. So a true friend stands with you. And it seems to be the common theme here among his friends, but, um, but they're few and precious are these kind of friends. Uh, like Hushai here, who... Uh, take that kind of stand for you or willing to die for you. David was blessed in that he had a, a few of these type of friends that were willing to do just that, to, to uh, take a chance on him in a time of need. He had Hushai, he had Zadok, he had Abathar, uh, he had their two sons, and, and, uh, and there was also an unknown girl it mentions in chapter 17, verse 17, and an unnamed woman as well who hid Jonathan and Ahimaaz, the the two boys there, and they, as they carried a message to David. So thank God for these kind of friends. But thank the Lord for those people who will stand by no matter what the cost. And uh, there was a man named Jesse Owens who was in the 1936 Olympics, and he was a um, long jump champion. And he jumped, I believe it was, let me check to see, it was 26 feet, 8 and a quarter inches. Uh, I think I can get pretty close to that, but uh, no, no way. But anyway, he, uh, as he went to practice to, uh, before his actual uh, uh, jump, he saw this German. Now, remember, this is 1936. Blonde hair, blue-eyed, muscular, tall uh, man, young man. And he remembered, and he, what came to his mind was 
what these Germans thought, uh, that this was a man's man. This was everything they thought. And they're uh, thinking about races and such, and uh, definitely what they thought about black people. And so, um, but this guy's name was Luz Long, and he, he goes right up to this black man, and he says, you should be able to qualify with your eyes closed. And so he suggests to him, says, hey, why don't you, and instead of chance, because if he hit the start off board, he'd be disqualified, he says, why don't you set it back a few uh, inches, because you can easily qualify. And so that's what he did, and he qualified. And they became friends in that short time. And so in the finals, he, he uh, uh, the Olympic record, um, he, he won uh, four golds. He uh, was definitely, uh, he, he beat the Germans. And so the first person, though, to come to Green was this German young man, uh, Luz Long, in full view of Adolf Hitler, 1936. And Owens never, World War II, but he said, down all the medals and cups I have, Owens said later on, he wrote, and uh, they, they wouldn't be a platting on the 24-karat friendship I felt for Luz Long. And so that's the mark of a true friend. They always put you first. He wasn't over there. He didn't hate him because he beat him. He was there to congratulate him when he first won. The saints, the believers here, not only here tonight, but all around the world, we have such a friend in the Lord Jesus Christ. He put everything on the line for us, for his friends. He placed us ahead of himself. He stormed the ramparts of hell. He defeated the powers of sin and death and hell by his grace. And he gave us the victory that he suffered to win. So thank God for a friend. Let me close with this thought here. David had uh, helpful friends as well. It mentions there in chapter 17, verses 27 through well, it's only a couple of verses. Why don't we look at that? Chapter 17, look at verse 27. Chapter 17, verse 27, And it came to pass when David was come to Mahanaim that uh, Shobai, the son of Nahash, of Rehobah, uh, of the children of Ammon, and Machir, the son of Amiel, of Lodabar, and Barzillai, the Gideite of Rogelium. Um, I've looked over those names. I don't know how many times. It's still, it doesn't. They're not uh, uh, well-known names, are they? Uh, I like that name, though, Barzillai. That's uh, kind of an interesting name. But these men, just who were they? Well, listen, they, they were nobodies that became somebodies in the life of David. Nobody knew these guys, but they truly became friends. They became heroes. They became helpful to King David. They walked in when, again, everybody's walking out. They were that true friend. And when they came, they came in at the exact right moment. And God is orchestrating all of this, exactly when David needed them. And so let's look here. Shobai, he was an Ammonite. Uh, his, father, his father, Nahash, the king of Ammon, was cruel. In fact, cruel beyond our words. He, this guy was a wicked man. In 2 Samuel chapter 10, talks about him. But Shobai became an ally and stood by David uh, through all these difficult days, though David had fought against his people. Uh, Shobai realized that David was on the right side. He was a Jew. Shobai was not. Boy, I, I, I know there are, there are some out there, but we need to see more of them today. Uh, these um, Arabs 
standing up saying, hey, we support the Jews for what has happened here. We don't always agree with them. We don't even maybe necessarily like them. But this is not right. Boy, we see just so many brainwashed people reacting. But here's a man who David fought his people, who David was enemies with his people, but he said, no, I stand with him. And, the, and again, Tobi did not allow the, the past to cloud his love for David. Then there was uh, Machir, M-A-C-H-I-R, he and from Lodabar. Where, do you remember Lodabar? Mephibosheth? That's where Mephibosheth took shelter. And he, he had a tender heart, uh, Machir did. He, he seemed to want to reach out to those that were in need. And maybe he thought in all of this, he thought um, that, hey, I've already given enough. He was a wealthy man, but he wanted to give more. Why? Because David was his friend. I, I believe he never forgot what David did for Mephibosheth, how David took him in uh, to his palace and made him a part of his family. And then there was Barzillai. He was an old man. Again, this man was a very wealthy man, had plenty of money anyway. 2 Samuel 19, 32 talks a little bit about him. But he could have said again, get somebody else. I'm old. I, I'm tired. I've done my part. I've done my share. But he didn't do that. He was David's friend. And as an old man, he gave to his friend. What a helpful friend. Again, marks the true uh, character of a friend. Notice where David is when they come to him. He's in a place called Mahanaim. Um, I know that's not pronounced correctly, but this is not the first time that place is mentioned in the Bible. And the first time was in the life of, of Jacob. Jacob was there. And where God came to him, or the angels came to him and ministered to him in his time of need. And so as as Jacob returned home after 20 years in exile, these angels of the Lord met him there in this uh, Mahanaim. And in Genesis 32, verses 1 and 2. And so just like these angels, these three men came to David in his time of need and ministered to him uh, like angels in the life of David. And so thank God for friends like that who are there for us. One of the all-time greatest in baseball, who would you say it was? Babe Ruth, and that's what many people come to that conclusion. And that's uh, this story is about Babe Ruth. His bat, they said, had the power of a cannon, and his record of 714 home runs remained until Hank Aaron came along. The Babe was the idol of sports fans, but in time, age take, took its toll on him, and his popularity began to wane. Finally, the Yankees traded him to, to the Braves. And one of his last games in Cincinnati, Babe Ruth began to, to uh, falter. He struck out, made several misplays that allowed the Reds to score five runs in one inning. As the Babe walked toward the dugout, chin down and dejected, there rose from the stands an enormous storm of boos and catcalls. Uh, some fans actually shook their fists. Then the writer says a wonderful thing happened. The little boy jumped over the railing, and with tears streaming down, he ran out to the great athlete, and unashamedly, he flung his arms around the babe's legs and held on tightly. Babe Ruth scooped him up, hugged him, and set him down again, patting him gently on the head. He took his hand and walked off the field 
together. Well, that's uh, just a good picture of a friend. When everyone and isn't that the case in sports especially, you see that? Well, one day they're the hero. The very next day they make a mistake and they're the enemy of, of all their so-called fans. Never could quite understand that. Uh, not too much loyalty there, is there? But he came, listen, Jesus Christ is, again, is the example of a true friend. He came in when we had no hope, when we were in this world without God and without any hope, and he gave us just what we needed, and he gave it to us when we needed it. He wasn't the, uh, it, this wasn't the work of an angel. This was the work of the Savior, the Savior of our lives, of our souls. He gave his all. And he never stopped to consider the cost. Or, or he never stopped to ask us to repay him. Aren't you glad that we don't have to uh, repay what Jesus has? In fact, there is no way we could do it. But he's not even asking. And as the, the songwriter said, what a friend we have in Jesus. Well, uh, we could talk about the honest friend that, that David had, Joab. He kind of told him, you remember Joab was actually the one who ended up killing Absalom as he hung in that tree. And uh, when David found out, he was uh, just torn apart. He wept. And, um, but Joab went to him and said, David, listen. He said, your men risked their lives. They, uh, they gave you back the kingdom. You need to acknowledge that. You need to show uh, appreciation for that. And then he did that to, uh, to just rally his men. But thank God that Jesus is the kind of friend also that tells us the truth. You know, when we go to the Bible, there's not something, you know, it's not like that, um, I can't even remember what fairy tale that was. Uh, what's the, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? What story was that? Snow, was that Snow White? And, but it's not like that, is it? We don't go to the Bible. Oh, listen. Bible, tell me who is the fair, thinking it's, it's going to tell me everything I want to hear. It's going to flatter me with words. It's going to paint a rosy picture, but it doesn't do that. It tells me I'm a sinner. I thank God that as a young boy, uh, as well, 13 years old, that the Bible showed me I was a lost sinner bound for hell. That wasn't a very pleasant message, but I needed to hear it. And I thank God that we serve a Savior. We have a friend in Jesus that tells us the truth. And that's what he wants us to be as well. So the end of David's life, this time when he's running from his son was probably the worst time he ever faced. Yet, face it, he did, but he didn't have to do it alone. Yes, he had God, but God gave him some friends that he could actually see and touch and, and speak to that were there with him, that supported him. What a blessing that is. David, and not because he had wealth, not because he had power, but because he had friends. And consider yourself wealthy if you have friends. Thank God there's a friend than a brother. And so we are all blessed to have friends. We need to find, listen, we need to understand what a blessing it is. But also, we, there are people out here and around us who don't have friends. Suicide's on the rise, isn't it? Even among young people especially. But we need to show ourselves friendly. We need to go to people that are hurting and encourage them and, and be a friend for them. The greatest friend of them all, of course, is Jesus. That's who we need to introduce them to. In a loving, compassionate way, point them to Jesus Christ. For therefore, if no one stands with us, 
We know Jesus always will. He's always there. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. We have a home being prepared for us. Those people around us who are so lonely, who feel so alone, can know that same thing that you and I have tonight. Let's tell them about Jesus. Let's have every head bowed, every eye.